Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about getting to know your kids based on what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. and welcome to Just Dads. Reading books. It's me. It's me. Hi. Hello, everybody. It's me, and I'm here with my friend EJ. Oh, I'm here, too, with my <laughs> friend Matt. How are you doing, Matt? I'm feeling really good. Uh, I'm just so refreshed after last week's episode. I'm still thinking mm-hmm. about Calvin and Hobbes all the time. I haven't stopped. Uh, and But I'm also excited for today because... We also get to do Mo Mo Willems today. Today is more Mo, Mo Willems. Mo Willems. We are not done with Mo Willems. There's so this guy writes a lot. Turns out lots and lots and lots and <laughs> lots of books, and yeah. uh, we just wanted to spend a whole another episode talking about him because we really hyper focused on Elephant and Piggy last time. But that does absolutely doesn't like encompass the style of Mo Willems and what Mo Willems is all about. So uh, I'm excited uh, to to just sort of preface everything. We basically read. Everything I could get a hold of, yeah, uh, at the and, library, and tried to focus on like literally the one-off stuff. Now mm-hmm. we did find three pigeon books, so we'll talk a little bit yeah. about pigeon. But honestly, yeah, but we, we owe you a pigeon those. episode. Exactly, yeah, we yeah. we got to do yeah. a pigeon episode. I got one cat, the cat book, which is also a series of his uh so we're going to kind of treat that like a one-off even though it is a part of a series and the same goes for a series known as unlimited squirrels which is like his new ongoing uh series for early readers or whatever but beyond that it's just a ton a ton of books that we read yeah uh 12 in total something like that mo willems is probably the number one author by volume yeah uh, that we have put on this show like we need three episodes of mo willems just to kind of encapsulate everything that he's done yeah. because he has two major series, right? And we've already covered Elephant and Piggy. We're eventually going to cover Pigeon, like we just said. Yeah. Um, and, and all this kind of mixed up stuff in between is kind of uh, important as well. So yeah. we, we decided to kind of get the mixed up stuff first uh, just because we only had time for a grab bag. But I am hoping we can find like maybe a box set of pigeon books yeah. somewhere. I uh, um, You talk about scholastic stuff. We just got a flyer recently. I think we mm-hmm. forgot to put the order in. Ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> it's fine. I can still order, uh, but at my school, our preschool doesn't get any money now. Oops. Uh, <laughs> oh, well. Uh, but it, they, they, had a, they had a pigeon set in there and Katie yeah. and I were both like oh oh, we must we must get the pigeon set Uh, it is time so it's like it's like six pigeon books or something like that that i'll be able to get my hands on but that's how it goes man pigeon stuff you gotta the contrast you gotta grab it when you see it (laughs) just to just we could probably touch on the pigeon stuff to start this episode because we don't necessarily want to dive too far into it totally the way that my daughter's eyes light up it's reading pigeon the wildest thing versus everything else is just like it's like night and day that sassy son of a gun that's so that, that mean old pigeon uh is just like the favorite thing honestly there's i feel like maybe mo willems kicked off this wave and there's there's i'm sure there's other examples before mo willems but these books that you're like meant to argue with or whatever uh, another series right. that's that's been kicking off here recently is this bear named bruce uh, mother bruce i believe was the first book in the series and okay. uh, molly absolutely loves it but it's just like this grumpy 
old bear. There's also like the grumpy monkey books, whatever those are called. There's like grumpy cat stuff. Right. There's just so many like, let's argue with the book. And that is the thing, right? That's what's so engaging about it is the pigeon books are written where you're like meant to fill in some of the blanks basically and when i read them with molly she remembers her lines basically and i'm not even talking about lines that are printed in the book like there's a part in uh don't let the pigeons stay up where mm -hmm. pigeons trying to stay awake uh late and he goes in fact i'm in the mood for a hot dog party what do you say <laughs> and then the next page pigeon says no but there's no there's no actual prompting for right. like you to say no but like that's what molly learned to do after reading this book a dozen mm -hmm. times is like we would finish that first part what do you say and she would go no and like be no. like giggle to herself <laughs> and be all excited and and there's yeah. like multiple moments throughout the book where it's like that's you know you are meant to sort of yell at the pigeon engage. or get on to yeah. the pigeon or react to the pigeon or whatever right. and yeah they are wildly engaging books there's definitely for story time like these yes. are 100 percent story time books like at your local library um this is probably why my daughter's teacher loves them so much mm -hmm. uh, shout out to miss ds again <laughs> uh number one um but yeah so those those books are just like they're just so great to read and then like look at your look at your audience yeah. and be like do and you, when you yeah say, do what do you think yeah, it's very good <laughs> It's very good. Uh, I can't wait to actually do an episode where we cover all of them and get yeah. to talk about our favorites and everything like that. Um, the small selection we had was was obviously fine, and and uh, I, I think I was partial uh, of the three we read is uh, of uh, the one where Pigeon has to go to school. Yeah, um, the Pigeon must go to school is pretty good. Uh, pretty good because he, he midway through <laughs> learns what school is all about and why right. school is is okay. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It feels like the sequel, the first in the series, right? Is don't let uh, the, the don't let the pigeon ride the bus or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the the mm -hmm. payoff of pigeon must go to school is he gets to ride the bus to school. So we've suddenly yeah. inverted the <laughs> the plot of of what pigeon is and is not allowed to do. I suppose. Right. Uh, so let's talk about some of the other stuff we read. The other series uh, to to refer to real quickly. Again, I only got one of them, but there is a series called Cat the Cat. Cat the Cat was great for me because this is absolutely the like very, very young early reader book. Uh, mm, Cat yeah. the Cat is like 20 pages and it's like four words per page. It's literally this one in particular is let's say hi to friends who fly. And it's mm -hmm. just a cat going up to all of his friends with wings and being like, can you fly be the bee? And then the bee flies. And then the cat is like, can you fly bird the bird? It's a very, very simple little thing. It's got a hilarious joke at the end where uh, there's just this big rhino sitting on a pigeon uh, like ride. And uh, yeah. they're asking if the rhino can fly. And then he comes in the next page on an airplane. And it's great. And Molly yep. uh, busts a gut every single time. Uh, and yeah, this this series is like very much for three-year-olds, basically. Because it's this just like the most simple thing in the world. Most rudimentary of the yeah. ones that we've read. Um, yeah, like you were saying, front to back, pretty easy. Pretty easy read. Um, glad that Molly's engaged with it. <laughs> uh, that was one that I think. Uh, Nora could have taken her laugh yeah. uh, overall. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, the last series to refer to. Yeah. <laughs> and EJ, I'll let you talk about Unlimited Squirrels. We read Guess What uh, from the Unlimited Squirrels series. So this series, I, I, I kind of am interested in maybe exploring it more only on the grounds of hoping that this might be one of the weaker entries. Mm -hmm. Um it's it's just a lot yeah. it, there's a lot going on there's a whole um 
there's like a whole chapter about uh anticipation i think is what yeah. it is yeah um where they're just like waiting for something to happen right uh and the joke of that chapter is that disappointment is what happens yeah, when you when you are too filled with too much anticipation exactly yeah and so it's just it, there's a lot of other plots as well it's a, kind of like a collection of stories in a way like they it's have these like little segues it's billed as like a variety show variety like the show, unlimited yep. squirrels are like putting on yeah. this variety show and different segments are coming up and you're doing yep. like various different things the chapters of the book are like these different shows within the show or mm-hmm. sketches within the variety show I actually didn't mind the first section, which is kind of the crux of the book, which is the one of the squirrels wants to go to the beach yeah. really bad. And the rest of the squirrels are like, yeah, let's go to the beach. Yeah. And then like he goes to the beach and he hates the beach. And they, were like, <laughs> they were like, well, why did you want to go to the beach? And he was like, dude, I love the going. Yeah, part, I love like getting the, excited the to excited. go. All week yeah, I was dude, excited to go to the beach. I that rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I sang my song. I was so excited to go. But like actually being there kind of sucks yeah i hate sand and i hate water and i hate the beach but uh i love my friends it's i I basically unlimited squirrels i think maybe makes sense for like eight to ten or something like that is the biggest issue and it and like for them to read to themselves and like have a good time with like i think so the idea of unlimited squirrels being these kind of like feeling like big compilations like you're reading multiple books within it you know they're, they are mm-hmm. sort of chapter books but more than that they're just like a serialized thing like here's a bunch of little right. issues they, they these could have been like little comics that right. then got collected into this unlimited squirrels issue or whatever um but i i think that format has some value to it but I think mm-hmm. both of us were dealing with kids that were just too young for too it. Young. Um, yeah. You you said uh, Nora chose this one to be her turn to read, uh, which yeah. I'm sure was a wonderful. It's like a hundred pages. It's quite it's long. Long, <laughs> long. It was yeah. When she went to the table of contents, she wanted to read everything, everything, <laughs> right? And so we got to the table of contents page, and I let her read like the left side of the page. It just had like a couple of things in yeah. dialogue, and then she was going to start reading the table of contents. I was like, "No, don't read that." We're moving on. And then I looked down at the table of contents and saw the last chapter it was like page eighty-one, mm-hmm. and I like, I, I was this is the last book we read too, and I just like put my head back on the yeah. couch like this is <laughs> this is going to take forever, and it did. It took yeah. twenty-five to thirty minutes. <laughs> Of just like, and a lot of it is stuff she doesn't understand. She didn't even know what was going on. Yeah. Like the jokes are kind of going over her head. You know what my biggest problem with these Unlimited Squirrels books is? Mm -hmm. Is they're they're like a one step above Elephant and Piggy, right? In terms of like complicated nature of the storytelling and they're really broken up and stuff. But at the very least, Elephant and Piggy has Elephant and it's got Piggy. And those characters are are unique and they're in every single book and you you learn about their relationships across all of the books unlimited squirrels the whole point is there's a billion squirrels and they're all every single one of them gets like a featured segment yeah. or whatever and maybe across all of the books you would get used to like a couple of them but my vibe right. that i got from this is that it's just like always a new squirrel being introduced and there's really no character to any of them either they're all just these excited squirrels as opposed to like gerald who's a little bit like serious and and scientific and piggy who's a little bit gregarious and loud like there's none of that character stuff i felt like uh not not our favorite um 
but I again, I think I would be interested in the rest of the series, and it might be one that I would revisit once Nora's a little bit older. Yeah, um, sure. but she even she was getting uh, pretty tired of reading. <laughs> that book yeah. by the time that we were done with it <laughs> she and also was feeling the the burden of 25 minutes yeah, of non exactly <laughs> it's yeah and it's and of difficult reading yes, too like yeah. the unlimited anticipation is one of the yeah, words in she there. couldn't even read that word yeah. and she never tried yeah. which i was kind of like okay this is great they're pointing at the word she doesn't know what it means maybe it'll teach her what it means and sure. it kind of didn't yeah <laughs> like yeah, it does yeah. but it kind of doesn't because she's not really privy she's to the joke yet. yeah exactly kind of the big thing with that whole chapter is like right. you got to know the joke is that you were waiting for the punchline mm -hmm. well let's get into the other stuff we read because now it's just like a bunch of one-off uh things and i kind of want to piggyback off of this topic though of uh unlimited squirrels having like segments and stuff to it and i want to talk about what actually ended up being my favorite of all of the books not necessarily molly's favorite but hooray for amanda and her alligator yep. Uh, is very much, I mean, it feels like a Mo Willems thing. We haven't hardly talked about like Mo Willems style. Maybe we did some in the Elephant and Piggy thing, but obviously the mm. reason he can churn out books so fast is, I mean, he's just drawing with like crayons and and like uh, very basic colors. Like he can burn, you know, his, his illustrations are incredibly basic stuff. When you compare it to something like David Weissner, where it's like, well, he probably spent a month <laughs> per page. Yeah, watercolor yeah. paintings <laughs> and like, yeah, that's that the, the simplistic style uh, makes it look like it's pretty easy to maybe yeah. for him, not for me, not for any no, other I, person. Well, right? and He's his like skill top 1% for sure. <laughs> and his skill is in getting so much life out of such a simple caricature, right. right? Like these little characters accomplish so much, but here's, here's the structure of uh hooray for Amanda and her alligator. There this is so a toy alligator that hangs out at home all day and waits for yeah. her owner, uh, Amanda to get home. And, uh, it's set up in a series of chapters, uh, most of them based around like surprises. Uh, the mm -hmm. Alligator's waiting for Amanda to get home. He wants a surprise. She gets home. She yells boo at him. And he's very excited with her surprise. And each chapter builds off of the one before it. So it's interesting because each chapter kind of is its own little micro good picture book like a very basic right. little picture book an eight eight or so page uh picture book and then the next one is another picture book but it builds off of what was just told in the other picture book and i'm so glad we did calvin and hobbs last week because the thought i had structurally in terms of uh how children's uh you know literature has evolved and how this right. kind of art style stuff has evolved since the days of bill watterson one of the things you and i talked about last week is the n idea that like the comic strip has sort of died off right and and you don't even you don't get stuff like that anymore and my new argument is this is what it became amanda and her alligator is a calvin and hobbes collection of comic strips right chapter one right. a surprising surprise that is one little beat of of a comic strip it's it's you know it's eight pages but where each page is one panel of a comic so it literally is about as big as a sunday comic from calvin and hobbs would be right a nine panel sunday yeah. comic and then the next chapter is the next part of that story right. or whatever but like I want so many more books like this because knowing how Calvin and Hobbes sits in my memory when I was young and mm -hmm. reading that sort the arc of the Calvin and Hobbes story and like sometimes events are slightly related and sometimes they're just like other things Calvin is up to. That is exactly what 
uh, Amanda and her alligator gives the vibe of. And honestly, Elephant and Piggy too, right? That that this yeah. is where I started to understand that this is the sort of new style uh, that's supplanting the the comic uh, co- collection series or whatever. Now that comics are out, those comic illustrators are writing these kinds of children's books. Yeah, I think uh, that this should have been a series. Uh, I don't know if uh, Mo Willems has any plans to write any more Amanda and her alligator books, yeah. but Amanda and her alligator are adorable yeah. um, together. Um, Amanda plays a trick on her alligator, and then the alligator tries to play tricks on Amanda, <laughs> and then there's a panda that comes along. It's great. And it's it's all just like, it's just all very sweet. It's a yeah. very good um encapsulated story um i don't know why it's called hooray for amanda yeah and her just because because man because yeah it, it could have just been amanda and her alligator in yeah. my humble opinion but i also <laughs> don't uh, work on the seos for these sort of things so <laughs> so yeah it it's uh but it's it's good it was uh of the of the books that were not part of series that we read in this set which i think there are seven of them yeah um yeah it's probably the best i, I i'm looking at the rest of them and i'm like yeah, it's probably the best. Yeah. I think the next best one uh, after that, and which is a good segue here, uh, is maybe Edwina, the dinosaur who didn't know she yeah. was extinct. Talk to me about um, that one because uh, I agree, it is great. It's another. Uh, I will. I, I keep noting like when it's um, when Mo Willems has written and drawn for it because we are going to eventually talk about mm, some yep, where couple, Mo is yeah. either ju- like is just the writer or whatever for it. But this is uh, this right. is fully Mo Willems as well. Edwina and the dinosaur who didn't know she was extinct. Yeah, this one's really fun. Um, I like Edwina a lot. I like the little uh, goober kid. Reginald Von Reginald, Yeah, <laughs> Reginald Von Hooby-Dooby. I forgot that was his name <laughs> because this was one that my daughter read as well. And uh, and she couldn't say Hooby-Dooby. Oh, that's good. Uh, she had a really tough time saying Reginald Von Hooby-Dooby. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, uh, basically this uh, little goober kid at school is like trying to convince people that dinosaurs are extinct, uh-huh. um, which he's right. <laughs> he, he is right Except but edwina hangs out anyways and gives everybody cookies man what do you want from <laughs> right, me <laughs> right edwina just exists anyways and like reginald eventually becomes okay with like her existence and it's just like i guess i i don't really know the lesson there <laughs> yeah and just like i don't know <laughs> it's kind know? of don't be a smart alec yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it really is of. what it ends up coming off as is like listen yeah. man everybody's having a good time you don't need to yeah. bring that kind of energy into it dude. right like it's like if it would be like finding out that bigfoot exists and then being like being like but no it doesn't and it's like yeah but like it does like it's right there in front of you so i don't really know why you're being such a little goober about it you know like it's like somebody who is like a party pooper at halloween exactly is kind of this dude yeah um but he's but he's funny too like he's not it's not like out of malice really no it's just it's just a fun little book where he's getting frustrated in his little childlike brain yeah uh, that that nobody is convinced that dinosaurs are extinct right uh and especially edwina isn't convinced because she is one it's (laughs) another great example too though of this like new wave of Mm -hmm. children's books where like someone's mad or whatever like just like emotions are getting sort of put on display in general and then resolved so like the big thing i noted when reading this to molly is in the middle there when it like we're really following reginald and him being mad all the time i look over at molly and she's got this like stern angry frown too she's just mimicking (laughs) she's parroting 
you know Reginald's right. mood right now and I'm reading it a little bit too where he's like and he was mad about this and like yeah. you're just sort of exploring emotions, emotions uh, yeah. for the whole book which is what I think is a lot of what Mo Willems does honestly so many of his books he's sneaking jokes in either for the parents or for the kids but so much of it is about like let's have characters experience a myriad of emotions joy and anger and sadness and laughter yeah. and all of that and um I, I I think maybe I just make special note of them because that's really like what Molly is focusing on right now. Like that is mm -hmm. a thing she's also being taught in school. They work on emotions a lot. Um, right. But it's this like kind of simple way of helping kids explore, I don't know, emotional intelligence basically. Yeah. I, it, it's smart, right? Elephant and Piggy's super smart with this. Yeah. Always having a character that's kind of malaise, you mm -hmm. know, like in a general malaise. Right. Um, and having a character that is, that is peppy. It's like, like I told you, um, during the elephant and piggy episode, it was incredible that my daughter caught inflection. Yes. Like on every page. Crazy. And that's not just to do with like her reading comprehension. That yeah. has to do with the attitudes that she is mimicking on the page mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. she's reading it. Right. So it's so important. Like people may discount how important it is for the illustrations to communicate that, or at least I may have been somebody who had done that in the past. And yeah. now after seeing the way that my daughter kind of reads in the style of how the character looks. Yeah. Um, it, it makes so much more sense. Like uh, it kind of goes back to the unlimited squirrels thing where she started getting bored with unlimited squirrels because the squirrels are not really showing a lot of no. emotion. Yeah. They're, they're just kind of all one speed. Yeah. They're and all so she was screaming. really struggling. <laughs> right. She was yeah, exactly. And so she was really struggling with that because it is for an older age group who can already imply you know, yeah. certain amounts of inflection. They're getting on, taught on different, different things. things. Yeah, they're, they're right. getting taught different things in Unlimited Squirrels, and neither of our kids were, were ready for that. Um, Prepared. Man, yeah. something else uh, we weren't ready for uh, was a book called Because, which yeah. <laughs> this one's funny because on the, the title of it, it says score by Mo Willems, performance mm -hmm. by Amber Wren. Uh, but by looking at it, you know this is not uh, Mo Willems' uh, art. Yeah, art. It is art. definitely Mo Willems' writing. Um, mm -hmm. And this one, I'll be real, I bounced off of it uh, pretty hard. I think it's a fine thing to exist, but uh, it kind of got into the Peter H. Reynolds side of things that I'm a little bit less keen on, which is like, we're really yeah. teaching, like we're really saying really on the nose of it. things that like we are you know the the magic of something it's a little bit in there the, the story is basically about a girl who falls in love with the orchestra falls in love with music uh and she grows up loving music she learns to write music and she later inspires others to uh, write music she, she gets to uh perform in a symphony uh, herself she's the conductor she writes music and she's the conductor of a symphony and then she shares that her love of music with another young girl etc etc and yeah it's it's a beautifully illustrated story um yeah. if i had a closer connection with music i might be more into it probably i mean molly certainly loves music but we're a bit early for the notion of composing to be something she understands um but yeah beyond that it was i think this one is fine but mostly it was like the language of it was just a bit over her head and i feel like would even be over the head of like 
an eight-year-old or whatever it like has, it's, it's very floaty and very like it has very radiant child energy radiant yeah, child exactly. the story of the young artist jean michel yep. michel basquier yeah. um uh, by javaka the step toe um that that's kind of what this book is it's mm-hmm. very much just like taking you essentially through the life of a famous composer uh, and how right. they wouldn't be a famous composer without composers before them, and right. how they also influence future composers. That's yeah. like the whole bit, um, and it's it's great. It's good um, for somebody, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> for for us, it's just kind of like, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough. I, I don't think our kids are at an age to uh, obviously appreciate that, um, and we are, um, but it's not really anything that. Um, speaks to us either so it's it's just kind of one of those that's there it's good um the illustrations are beautiful it it does remind me of like a caldecott winner of the last a little bit yeah yeah it'd be it would be like a caldecott honor for sure um Mm -hmm. i'll I'll read one line of it to try to get across the idea i'm saying with like how the language is written from that moment on the girl learned everything she could about music because it fed her it's like you know it it just like feels like we're grasping at inspiration that's that's the thing that kind of troubles me about it yeah a little bit it's it's fine uh it's you know i I hope it does connect with somebody is i'm sure it would too yeah yeah right yeah it's it's just uh it's definitely for like maybe a voracious young reader who's still kind of into the picture book scene yeah um who is like looking for some sort of inspiration right It's kind of like uh, how you think Fight Club is deep when you're, you know, 16. Um, you know, that's, like, sure. I'm serious. Yeah, like, yeah. It's kind no, of the it same is. thing. It's that right? kind of energy. Yeah, for it's sure. It's that kind of deep, uh, you know, and I, and I don't mean that to compare the two. It's just that, you know, a younger mind is going to find more inspiration in a book like that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, I do too. All right. Well, the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Is is the naked mole the rat gets dressed? <laughs> yeah, this is a weird, weird little guy, isn't it? What a what a what a, what a, guy, what a shift from because to yeah. to the naked mole rat gets dressed. I I loved this one. Uh, Molly loved this one. Molly is in a zone right now where clothes are a constant topic basically she's obsessed with dresses at the moment so other clothes are like i do not want to wear pants and so it's a fun phase yeah yeah um but the naked mole rat gets dressed is about a naked mole rat who like who loves clothes he loves fancy clothes he loves to dress up in all sorts of things and all of the other naked mole rats are horrified that he would ruin his perfect naked body by putting clothes on it uh and then the like grand elder naked mole rat uh, is called to to punish to decide to decide yeah. the fate of this naked mole rat yeah. and then the grand elder is like i think clothes are clothes great are and we should and then dude. everyone it's starts right wearing on. clothes and i don't know yeah. man it's or great some no no the, at the end it's they have an oh, yeah. option. like some some like it and some, some do, don't some don't who cares it is a great uh, little ending there that's not like we're like forcing yeah. everybody's mood into this but uh right yeah right. i don't know this one's just a good time <laughs> Yeah, it's a good time. It has very big Edwina the dinosaur energy, mm-hmm. uh, where it's just kind of like, "Yep." At the end of the day, um, let other pe or other you know beings choose to be what they want to be. Yeah. Um, pretty 
freaking straightforward. Yeah, I mean, it's more explicit in its messaging too, right? Like you and I both were kind of like, Edwina is sort of about not being a butthead to other people, whereas Naked Mole Rat is very much like, yeah, but hey, everyone's got their thing, you know? They're not hurting you, dude. Like, it doesn't hurt you that they wear clothes and you don't. Right. That's kind of the whole moral is like, did you really need an elder to tell you that? (laughs) It's kind of the other vibe. Yeah, yeah, right. right. It's like, did you really need me to tell you that it's fine? (laughs) Um, and that's, and I think that's great. Um, it has a really, uh, you know, this, and then this is the kind of messaging that's not so on the nose. Like, yeah. I like that. I like that. It's like, yeah, just let others be others right? and you be yourself and look at the very end. We're all dancing and happy because yeah. we're, we don't care what somebody else is right. doing. It's we're told in a goofy way. On. It's not a book where it's like mm-hmm. saying everyone gets to be themselves and everyone right. is like those are the books that kind of yeah, drive me yeah, crazy a little yeah, bit that that would be much. the peter reynolds way of writing that I've, i'm sorry to dog on him so much yeah, it's just you that I, really I, I i i love his <laughs> illustrations i think he is a He's beautiful great. illustrator i just don't like his style of writing well i do like the i do like those three really popular books yeah as the dot ish and then the other one yeah when it's just remember. about oh, like uh, art sky painting is that what it's yeah called? Sky, sky color sky, sky color was really yeah. good those yeah. are the ones that are good the ones that are explicitly about emotions less yeah, so for me a, they're a little on the nose i think those are probably more for like children that might be like in therapy or something could um, be yeah working working know, through and just just trying to work through. out emotions and everything that's yeah. very true could be helpful for, versus like the other ones are more inspiring right the dot and ish are very inspiring just like about art uh next Mm -hmm. up is a a radical shift again uh this is called that is not a good idea (laughs) and this one one rules because uh it's really short but it immediately sets up uh if if you are willing dear reader it sets up how you should be reading it because the book is set up as a silent picture <laughs> like mm-hmm. as a silent movie so it's like silent you film, have yeah. you have the images and then it cuts to that classic black title card where the thing they're saying comes on like right after they've said it and so then like i mean i had fun being like i had a little piano going on in my head and then to add to that like i would do the voice you know like the classic old 1930s radio broadcast of like the fox is walking down the road and here it comes folks it's the goose look out everybody and just i don't know i this was like the most fun one to read even if then the plot is the most like well we're certainly not teaching a lesson here this is just a joke this is just a joke for in a book all for one joke. that's great (laughs) yep good joke we told the joke um and i my daughter didn't really get it but you know at the same time like i laughed at the end and so she laughed kind of thing is how it felt but it's fun it's she she got to read this one yeah uh and we kind of read it together because the there's these fun like breaks after each thing that happens Mm -hmm. uh, where these little chicks are like that is not yeah, a good yeah, yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, that is really not a good idea. Yeah. The one thing that makes me uncomfortable with these books, and maybe this is something worth mm. unpacking, is similar to uh, the class and hat books, uh, you know, like yeah. this is not my hat and stuff. I, I just don't know what is up with this energy of books where animals just straight up eat each other, just devour each other. Um, yeah, it's a little, it's, it's, a little it's gory like a little, like obviously it's not painted gorily, but right. like this is not my hat. The big fish eats the little fish, and th- that's what the book's that's about. It. You stole yeah. a hat, I get to eat you. This one is I like the whole now. time the wolf is gonna cook and eat this goose, and then you yep. watch the goose shove the wolf, the wolf into a into boiling the... pot of water, and then all of and the goose <laughs> children eat the wolf. Eat, it's eat the wolf. pretty 
brazen. <laughs> it's pretty jarring, <laughs> though. It's funny because if you like think of it, like uh, what was that a uh, class in book where the goose gets eaten? Yes, yeah, of, yeah. But the whole book is yeah. about like what's going on inside of right, the stomach, and inside, they sort of they right. sort of uh, they they like. The re- only thing with this one is like this wolf is or this fox is definitely chopped up like, yeah yeah has yeah has to be yes has to be it gets it's fed to served. multiple children right <laughs> yeah right it's, it's not just been <laughs> eaten by by a goose yeah. it's it's wild this one's know, wild <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty gruesome thought at the end yeah. so uh, somewhat similarly, uh, we got two left. Goldilocks and the three dinosaurs. Uh, this yeah. is a great one. This is the thing. You know what, EJ, when we inevitably write our picture book uh, that we'll, we'll obviously thing, do, right? we there is a special place in my heart for just people doing parodies of parodies. classic stuff. Yeah. It's easy. It Maybe it's Stinky cheap. Cheese, it's totally cheap, but it's fun. Like, it's just obviously fun it's to do. Fun. And Goldilocks and the three dinosaurs is very much just a parody. It yeah. is the one that to me is the most fun to read for myself. Like I'm putting on a performance for just myself uh, in terms of like, there's so much dumb, funny jokes uh, in this book that are, it's just like straight up, not for kids. There's a line you're, you have it in front of you. Can you read the page that's like introducing Goldilocks to the, to the audience? Like that when oh, she enters yeah. the scene and how they introduce Goldilocks, I love this line so much. Yeah, so here it is. Sure enough, five minutes later, a poorly supervised little girl named Goldilocks came traipsing along. Just then, the forest boomed with what could have been a dinosaur yelling, gotcha, but I'm pretty sure it was just the wind. Yeah. A loud noise was immediately followed by another loud noise that sounded a lot like, be patient, Papa Dinosaur, the trap is not yet sprung. Well, that could have been a rock falling or a squirrel. Uh, but yeah. And then there's one more where she goes, either way, Goldilocks was not the type of little girl who listened to anyone or anything. (laughs) For example, Goldilocks never listened to warnings about the dangers of barging into strange, enormous houses. (laughs) It's It's so so good. It's so cavalier. It's dripping with with, like contempt for Goldilocks. It's dripping. (laughs) It hates Goldilocks. It's like so mad at her. It thinks she's about to get her come up and like, it's just, it's so funny all of it every inch of it went completely over molly's head there's no way she understood a single joke from that book yeah uh, but it gives you time to do stupid voices and that's what she liked about it there's a norwegian dinosaur instead of it being papa Dude, bear mama bear and baby bear funny. it's papa bear mama bear and a dinosaur who happened to be visiting from norway <laughs> yeah 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 so there's a there's a third norwegian <laughs> dinosaur and he's just a little guy uh, he's very, very sweet. Uh, but there's a funny thing in the background on one of these pages. Yes. Uh, it's a calendar and it says Norway, gateway to Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that and I just lost yeah. it. I lost it. I was laughing so hard. There's like so the little many. bowls say like Papa Dinosaur. And then for the Norwegian dinosaur, it has DFN on it. Yes. Dinosaur, dinosaur from, from Norway. Norway. There's the other thing that's funny that's hidden in this book that Molly caught, caught right away. Uh, so pigeon is as we've already described pigeon is the the most popular character from all of these like a kid sees the pigeon and they get more excited there's a little pigeon easter egg in this book uh and molly spotted it immediately and was like it's the pigeon it's just this picture it's just this picture on a nightstand or whatever very small but too. molly like- caught that instantly and the fact that mo willems knows to like sprint he knows that his pigeon books are wildly popular and he can just yeah. toss he can toss a little picture of the pigeon in there and suddenly that book is that much more enjoyable because the kid just sees the pigeon for two seconds 
It's an Easter egg. It's yeah. so easy. It's, it's so, so easy, easy just to make an Easter egg. All, uh, there's so many funny things going on in the background of this yes. book. Uh, Go asteroids, feel the boom. Uh, that's pretty good. There's one where it's like a dinosaur in a hard hat, as if he's like a natural natural gas guy. Yeah, says, yeah. We are natural gas. We, we are natural. Gas. <laughs> so this it's is just, a book for it's, adults. It's this very, is Mo's book it for adults that you get to read to kids. Uh, it yes. is absolutely hilarious. And it's still fun for kids. It's fun enough. Yeah, it's fun because yeah. it's just it's just doing Goldilocks story, yeah. but but tripping things Goldilocks. up. Um, and also at the end has like the morals thing. Like the moral of the story is like, don't leave your door open or whatever. Or like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, so well, stupid. Yeah. For Goldilocks, it was like the moral of the story is like, don't enter, you know, other people's houses. And yeah. it's like, but for the dinosaurs, it's don't leave the back door unlocked. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Keep the back door <laughs> locked so that you can trap so the girl funny. and eat her again. Once again too, this, like this notion of like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to devour a child at the end of this yeah. book. Uh, I love it a lot. Uh, our That's last good. one is the biggest turn we have to take. It's weird that we saved it for last, honestly, but I don't care. Uh, don't this one on is um, written by Mo Willems, uh, not illustrated. It is it is some beautiful watercolor paintings. John J. Muth. Yeah. M-U-T-H, Muth, Muth. It uh, is, I hope it, I didn't butcher their name. It is called City Dog, Country Frog, and this... Uh, okay, it's a book about death, folks, and just yeah, you know, you is. should know about you should know that it's a book about death because I didn't know that, and it's not fair. It's not fair what this book did to me. <laughs> yeah, it's it kind of sneaks up on you. Yeah, it is a book about uh, just this country dog who goes out exploring in the spring. City and, dog. That goes uh, out city dog. Excuse in me. The in the country, he's moved to the country, and yeah. he he meets a country frog, and the two become quick friends. And uh, it goes through the seasons. It is a book about seasons. The summer, they have some more fun. In the fall, they have some more fun. If you're sort of paying close attention, you'll note that the frog is getting quite a bit older with each uh, season. And then in the winter, there the frog is gone. And yeah. um, it's a book about death. And then the next yeah. spring happens and the dog is... It's like that episode of Futurama. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's like that mm -hmm. episode, the one with like the dog from futurama yep. it's that this book is about that same episode and uh yeah man i don't know it's not fair it's not fair when uh when authors do this i think in children's books it sometimes it irks me uh to have these books that like it's i'm not saying you can't talk to kids about death right like and right. And, it, and if anything too it, like we can argue the message of this book is like death can be unexpected sometimes right, right. i just don't know if i i don't know if that's the way I want to handle that conversation. Yeah. It's not my preferred method. I have another book I think I've talked about on the show before, but it's this uh, local artist that we got the book because it's called Molly and the Nightmare. Uh, oh, yeah. And we're like, oh, Molly, it's it's you got your name on it. What a cute little book. It's about it's about a girl who falls in love with the monster under her bed. How adorable. Well, Aww. that book is about uh, like the monster ages with this Molly and Molly becomes an old oh, woman and no. dies. And oh, then monster no. is lonely and tries to find a new child to be its new. It's horrifying. That's and terrible. like, I just don't like the blindsiding death into a book. Like if a book's going to be about death, like I kind of want us to be prepped and ready for the idea that the book is going to be about death. I don't so know. There, Maybe I'm off base so, here. Well, no, you're not off base because there are IPs, very popular IPs mm -hmm. that um, deal with, character loss yes. right in a different way right um toy story is a great example right of andy being too old right. for the toys right it's not death 
it's um, saying goodbye Andy yeah but it is it does have the same emotional impact right and so you don't need to surprise children you know it's like the giving tree is kind of the, uh, yeah. the progenitor of all of this right. right the giving tree is like the saddest book ever written mm-hmm. but at um, least the giving tree is obviously about that and is like very clearly working up to it like that book is so much yeah. more about True. age as well it is, right it is about aging but like but even like you said though the book that you were reading was you know about aging no but that is that happens in a page turn is my oh, problem okay. that in book is like turn, she's young tough. and then she grew old and, and died one day old. and you're like yeah. what is happening uh, okay oh my that's gosh much. yeah <laughs> that's a little much but yeah, yeah yeah the giving tree is much more incremental right yeah. like you get to go through the person's entire life right. until they're just sitting on the stump and relaxing yeah um God, that's such a good book. Yeah, and this one <laughs> at least, yeah. is at least a little bit like that too, right? Like the, but yeah, it's not. Frog is it's so much de- less decline. obvious that Frog is getting old, though. It's not. It's not like what the whole thing is about. What it's about is them having fun and stuff. But it, it is a little bit like the the story that happens in Fall is like Frog can't play that game anymore. It's a little bit frog too can't active. Do a lot. I can't Would do like as to much. Just remember. Yeah. It, I mean, it kind of made sense to me. I thought it was. It is probably not enough for kids to hear that because it's very hard to understand. But very poetic. As an adult, yeah, you would understand. Yeah, okay, Frog is just wanting to sit with his friend and remember the good times they yeah. had. Yeah. And and that kind of leads you into, okay, Frog's not going to be around for winter yes. is how you should feel. Right. Um, and you are right. And then uh, Dog uh, gets another friend. Gets a new and friend. it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. Gets it's a, a good new ending. friend. And uh, Dog is happy. I The thing that is so funny to me about all of this, we've covered a bunch of Mo Willems now, is uh, we read basically two books uh, that Mo Willems did not illustrate, but he did write. And they are the serious books. They're the ones about something yeah. bolder and bigger. And I guess maybe Mo Willems just knows himself so well. He's like, I'm a little, I'm like a comic illustrator. I, I do little, I do little drawings. I do little sketches and stuff. That is not yeah. befitting of these big, big topics. And so when he has a big topic he wants to get out of him, he's like, well, I'm going to hire a different artist because I, I will not do my I own idea justice. I'm not even certain if that's the case in these, yeah. not to like uh, neg your point here, but this book, for instance, City Dog Country Frog came out in like 2010, which yeah. is before some of the other things he, he had already done. Yeah. I guess not though. Pigeon was kind of in the mid 2000s. So right. yeah. And I don't, I don't know, even mean I, it I, coming before or after anything. I just mean like when he well, has that mean, idea for the bigger thing, he's like, I got to get somebody else to be right, the, right. These illustrations need to not yeah. be my goofy cartoon style. Well, I wonder how much of it too is a collaboration on yeah. like some of the things that the the illustrator wants to do because illustrate sure. like when it comes to children's books, illustrators I feel like have a lot of say. Yeah, in in what's going on. Definitely, right? like it, the book should almost be able to be authored itself. Yeah, right. right uh, when right. it comes to when it comes to illustration, the illustration tells the story. Yeah, you just are putting it to words so I that mean, the kid can read. Honestly, if you t- if you didn't tell me because and City Dog Country Frog were written by Mo Willems, I would never ever guess that because they are True. so contrary to his style. True. There, there's so little t- about them that has to do with anything else he writes. Well, that and that goes back to my point, right? The illustration is really the writing of the books, yeah, right? Absolutely, it is, it is the content of the books, and any authorship of like these sorts of books is generally just you know reading the context clues yeah, in a way right um and, and sometimes it's the inverse right the the illustrator draws what the author's Describing. vision is but 
it just a lot of times like, and I think these two are actually um, kind of inverses of that, right? Like because it definitely feels like a book where it, the illustrations may have come after the uh, writing. Yeah. Versus City Dog Country Frog feels like it's like a repertoire of yeah. something that somebody's already drawn and Maybe then there's so. a story put to it is it so it's 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 interesting right yeah. like it, i yeah. would like to know the process essentially how many you know author author and illustrator you know different mm-hmm. authors and illustrators how much you know what the weight of those relationships are and and it Obviously, they're probably 99% collaboration all the way through. Dude, you know what? You saying that makes me... We've done... This is episode 51. Our audience has heard a lot from you and me. We got to start doing interviews. We have to just start turning this into an interview show. Because at this point, now we're always inferring like maybe what the publication is, like what has gone on behind the scenes. And I'm ready to just start uh, knowing. So yeah, I I think it's about time we start pushing hard because I'd love to actually get these sorts of questions answered. I want to learn like how the sausage is made uh, with these picture books. I'm, I'm really interested in it. Yeah, it's it's so funny because like um you know you and I are probably not like totally interested in writing like a young adult novel. Yeah, right. right, right. Like like I'm not really interested. I would love to talk to every person that's written a book on this show. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, sure. Don't get me wrong, but um if I have to talk to somebody, like I want to talk to the author illustrators, yeah. that, all of them uh, right. that we've we've discussed on this show because um I'm I wonder how similar the process is. Yeah. I wonder what their process was. Right. Um, you know, were they illustrators first? Uh, probably. Yeah, but, I think in a lot of cases, but not, not always. But like in Classen's case, like, I don't know if that's true. Right. You know, right. Um, you know uh, whereas like in Wisner's case, I would assume that that's yeah, probably got to be. Right. <laughs> It'd be wild right? if he was like, I'm a writer. Let me <laughs> learn how to make the most beautiful <laughs> watercolor <laughs> paintings I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, so yeah, it, it, you know, it, you can kind of tell sometimes like, you know, maybe with Mo Willems, maybe he was kind of an author first yeah. because you can kind of tell in his, in his drawings. I mean, not that they're not great. They're just, you know, they're, they're very much they're little style. cartoons. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're cartoons. Style. Like uh, pigeon is very much like. Wouldn't it be funny if there's a pigeon with a big eye? <laughs> pigeon is like the inspiration for Hey Hey from Moana. Is what yeah, it looks right, like. right. Like looks exactly <laughs> like that. Like that's very true. Wow. And so so yeah. So you know, I think that they're all great in their own respect, uh, and I would love to uh, especially speak to some of these folks who yeah. uh, are so decorated. Definitely. Uh, in their field yeah we're gonna we're gonna try to do that uh next week's episode hey you'll maybe note next week is the holidays and uh we're trying to do just a holiday episode no particular illustrator no particular writer i today picked up just a myriad of just books and i don't know which ones we'll even end up talking about but we're mm-hmm. gonna have ourselves a little holiday episode i'm trying to get stuff to um uh, just to preface it we're in december we're in we're in the advent season i've always yeah. been really interested in like holiday traditions from around the world and that's like the my big goal with my household is to is to like each year implement just some just just to try out some new tradition just to do it and see what's fun or whatever see what we like and uh i've been trying to find books about various traditions using picture books to learn about different traditions from around the world and man the hardest thing is uh to just just finding them in general because uh, at least the the library I mainly go to, they have books where you can put a Christmas that they'll have they'll put a Christmas label on it, but that is uh-huh. like explicitly Christmas, and I'm not getting like 
Hanukkah books or Kwanzaa books or any of the other various right. holidays or just like wintry books. Like, you know, I, I found a couple books where yeah. it's like, oh, this one's about kids sledding. Let's do that one. Like, let's let's do a sledding winter. book yeah. set in winter or whatever. But then even within that, so many of the Christmas books are these yeah. classical. I mean, Christmas is a Christian holiday, so they're they're kind of trying to be the Christian books or whatever. But like, I want yeah. I want the cultural books. I want the like one of my favorite so things. The pagan holidays, exactly, dude. No, I'm not kidding. One of the <laughs> ones know. I'm desperately trying to find a book about yeah. the Yule lads from Iceland, yeah. the the like thirteen Yule. or whatever uh, brothers that just cause mischief in Iceland. It's great. Yeah. I want I need that to be a picture book. It's like it's so it's such a perfect topic for a picture book maybe so we could write that one let's just write that one let's just let, let's just start uh, learning more about other cultures and writing picture about books you. in their style let's just steal other people's cultures and use our our <laughs> our ability to get an audience to just like you know profit ourselves that's the american way yeah, okay the american everybody 